Hi, Andrew. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Podcasting Guild Babylon 5. Hey, there's a cat. <laughs> yeah, that's my cat. What's going on? This is yeah. talking about season two, episode three, the geometry of shadows. That's right. That the is Waffles. Of that's my cat, Waffles. Clearly love the episode with how much uh, Waffles is saying She's there. She's a big fan. She's a super fan. She's super constantly fan. meowing spoilers. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone turns into cats. That they do. That they do. Yeah, so this episode, we have some interesting characters visiting. And it's a bit of a, I won't say slapstick, but it's a more of a humorous episode to a degree. And we learn a little bit more about some of the other alien races on Babylon 5 as well. We also see the return of Mr. Newman, Space Newman. Yeah, Andrew's Space favorite. Newman, assistant, uh, Veer, right? Veer Kato. Veer Kato. All right. Who's yes. not afraid of much. <laughs> fan favorite. Well, I don't know. He's yeah. my favorite. I'm a fan. That makes yep. me a fan favorite. Uh, yeah. Well, why don't we get into the episode? Let's get into it. I loved the opening. Garibaldi. Here he is. Bam. Although I was a little disappointed. This was almost the only role he played was... <laughs> He had this interaction with the doctor and then he has a couple other scenes, but he really wasn't really much of a character. Well, no, that's not true. What it, I, I'm sorry. I watched this yesterday. He did save somebody, didn't he? He went in and, and saved mm-hmm. Bonova. So, okay, he did he play did. a role. I, t- I take all of that back. Guys, this is the <laughs> kind of sharp-minded commentary, really cut into the quick, what makes this show tick here on the podcasting guild anyway i love that we opened with garibaldi and i loved that he voiced his trust for not my real dad uh captain uh sheridan what's his name yes sheridan Captain sheridan but also this was basically just to set up his arc this episode so that you know he ended the episode like oh okay you're cool yeah (laughs) yeah they were leaning in a little bit to that whole film noir thing with the disaffected, maybe becoming private eye sort of person. Yeah. You know, uh, with him kind of hinting at that a little bit before he went back into the button down security guard that he, he is. He had a bit of a, a crisis of yeah. confidence, I suppose, in himself, which was an interesting take. I really liked that the sort of betrayal had the. Had, he wasn't just like, oh, I'm better. All right, let's let's go back yeah. to work. Yeah, these things linger with the characters. There's pass through from previous episodes, totally, uh, which you don't see with a lot of other. And like, if I knew Garibaldi in real life, I'd be like, dude, you should probably transfer, honestly. But come on, we we, we love to see Garibaldi come back. Yeah, but you know, I think it's good that he's actually questioning his chops as a security officer. I think last season you were complaining quite a bit about the security team and oh, how yeah. uh, you know bad they were. So he's yeah, seeing some of the that introspection. Too. I think is long overdue. Yeah, totally, Garibaldi. Yes, you've been worrying about your old ex girlfriends and shit. Like you need to worry <laughs> about your job. And yeah, exactly. The pretty slapdash security team <laughs> you command around here. Yeah. So maybe we'll see a turn for the better in the security team. 
Yeah, I love that. I did. I did love his return to form. The little salesman routine, <laughs> which I mean, it was kind of quaint and outdated even in the late nineties, or mm-hmm. you know. But but now it's 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 charming. It's like it's awesome. I love it. That <laughs> the little like, oh hey hey, I'm telling you about the what, what do you call it? The Acme help, mini helpatron or something? Yeah, Acme help, mini helper. Mini helper. Yep. <laughs> oh, Dorderdale salesman. Great. Right. You know, back in the day when I was first out of college, I interviewed to be a uh, you want those door to door vacuuming salesmen. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest interviews I ever really? had. Yeah, yeah. I forget what company it was for, but it was one of those ones where essentially it's a pyramid scheme. I'm pretty sure. Still though, that doesn't sound like an easy job. Like not at all. Kudos at all. to you. And I remember you you were a used car salesman as well, correct? I was for a brief time. For a time. I did sell a few cars. Yeah. So you got, I'm a very trust, trustworthy individual. I, I, that tells me you got grit because those jobs, I don't know, you definitely, to, to approach strangers, well, I guess used cars, they approach you, but you know, door-to-door sales sounds like a tough <laughs> gig to me, personally. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a tough way to make a buck. Mm-hmm. That it does. That it does. But it was a thing back in the 50s. Yeah, back in the yeah, back in the fifties, some some classic tragic plays written about good door to door vacuum salesman. Yeah, uh, and here Garibaldi. I mean, it might have been it might have been like some kind of reference to Death of a Salesman. I don't remember the lines in that movie. Maybe he was. Well, he made a Looney Tunes reference with Acme. So there you go. Oh yeah, wait, there we go. More maybe maybe <laughs> Cartoon Network is where I should be looking. He is a big fan of the cartoons. After yeah, all, totally. that's probably where he got it. The Acme Mini Helper. Um, <laughs> yeah, great return to form. We're sort of jumping all over the place because th- th- we're talking about the very first scene and then like scene two-thirds of the way through. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but this is how we operate. This is how we operate. And we love to see Garibaldi back. And Garibaldi and Ivanova is like peak Babylon 5. It's, yep. it's the very beating heart of what the... I don't know. I don't know what that means. I just love their dynamic. Mm-hmm. And overall, I wasn't wild about a lot of parts of this episode, but I did like that Garibaldi was back. I liked that he mm-hmm. and Ivanova had some fun rescue times together. Yeah. And I liked that it was a Londo-centric episode, although mm-hmm. Londo was pretty extra. He was really <laughs> laying it on thick and pretty... I think all the Centauri in this episode were a bit extra. I oh, mean, Vera yeah. was a bit extra. They all were a bit extra. But Londo was bad at the one thing he was supposed to be good at, which is like being sleazy. <laughs> it was like kids' first yeah. political machinations. It was just so <laughs> ham-fisted. And I don't know, man. Yeah. So one of the, the threads through this episode is Londo trying to gain favor with the techno majors, which we'll talk yes. about in a little bit here. But what's leading up to this is he's approached by a compatriot, Lord Rifa, who is uh, not necessarily planning an overthrow of the government, but looking to position players for when there's a change in government. And this is, I feel, kind of hinting at a change in Malari as well in his character. And I was kind of wondering what you thought of that, because first season Malari is very much happy-go-lucky guy or happy guys down his luck a little bit that's trying to survive and is a bit of a, a laughing stock you know is probably a bit strong but someone that's a, a bit of a, a humorous uh, character in the in the series and now 
seems to be taking a bit of a darker turn with some of these conversations he's having. Uh, so what do you think of that? What do you think of where they're taking Malari right now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely clocked that. I mean, that the very end of the episode where the guy's like, I hear, you know, millions of voices or something. Right. And, you know, it says you are victims. So, yes, for sure, which I don't love because <laughs> I like Londo and I don't want to like a character that goes on to do terrible things. Although I guess I can like him for now and then stop liking him when he does terrible things. But still. You can't change your mind. Yeah. I can't change my mind. I'd rather see Jakar. I don't know. They did a good job of making me dislike Jakar. So like, <laughs> go have Jakar do bad things. Leave my Londo alone. How is he going to scam people in casinos if he's out doing genocide things? <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely picked up on those sort of pretty dark notes for Londo and Londo got a handful of levels gazes Mm -hmm. where you could just see the wheels turning and like I guess we could have seen this coming he did make a deal with space Satan right yeah out out in the secret deal garden so I guess it's not the first step down this path that he's taken right so no surprise there but yeah that's how I feel Mm -hmm. I hope he has a redemption arc a good redemption arc that even if it kills the character that can be very satisfying maybe he'll be the hero that saves the day with a casino scam i would love that i would love a casino scam based finale <laughs> but if if the reason that sinclair goes back in time was to bet on the correct thing <laughs> in some casino scam like if that's what it turns out the whole time travel plot arc is about i would I would I would give a standing ovation in my living room. Andrew, it seems like you must have read the entire script all the way through. Oh, and I know all the answers. I I want it to be that so bad. I know <laughs> it's not, but I I wish it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You know what this episode made me think of? How similar Sinclair and um, I just said his name and I forgot it now. What's his name? Sheridan. Sheridan. How similar they are. I feel like they just went to the other auditions for Captain Sinclair and was like, (laughs) this guy was second place, so he's Sheridan. (laughs) Like, if the actor, if the, I I, I don't even pretend to know his name, if the actor who played Sinclair just quit the show and they just recast Sinclair as this guy, I would have been like, oh, you know, they, not not a bad job like they found a pretty mm-hmm. comparable actor like yeah all yeah. right way to go well i don't know if you know but the actor playing sheridan bruce boxleitner was in another very famous franchise of the sci-fi genre he was in oh, tron yeah. he was the original tron no, guy no kidding yeah no he was kidding. the hero in tron yep i did not see the original tron he also made a reprisal in the reboot of tron that came out a few years ago with daft punk and all that oh nice like the old guy that the new kid goes to visit i think but yeah bruce boxleitner was the original tron guy that's super cool i did not know that i haven't seen the new tron either i it put <laughs> long list of movies that i totally would have a good time watching and just have never watched because movies are like two hours <laughs> Those are going on to the Podcasting Guild After Dark series. Yes, we we (laughs) definitely should. We definitely should. I loved how in Londo's room, when he was conspiring with the other dude, 
there's a Lord por- Rifa. Lord Rifa. There's a portrait of himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's Londa. I mean, he, it fits his character, right? Totally. I loved Veer's face as they were plotting, <laughs> especially as Londa was like, yeah, okay, we have a lot of work to do. And Veer was just like, what did you say, Londo? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What, what are y'all doing right now? I loved it. His face said everything. You can kind of see Veer in the background just thinking about what's going on and what his role in all is. Just like the wheels turning. Like, uh, I'd rather maybe just not be a part of this coup if that's (laughs) okay with you. Yeah. Which is exactly how I would feel too. You know, like you do well in school, you, you you finally get a position, the high ranking aide in a diplomatic (laughs) state. And then they plot a coup and he's like, oh, no, he's cool. I would have let him dismiss me from the room because now I'm part of it. I'd right, be quite right. upset with things if I were in Veer's shoes. Although I don't know what Veer's appetite for coups are. So, Well, one thing we know about him is he can't have his alcohol at all. Because he had that no. one drink and he, he fainted, which was... That was awesome. Although he took it like a champ. <laughs> like when I take something that's too strong for me, you'll know it. It looks, you know... <laughs> <laughs> looks like I sucked a lemon or something, like, which isn't true because I actually love lemons. I eat them all the time. <laughs> but yeah, no, he he took that one shot and was out. Yep, was out. Uh, <laughs> but he's a professional, you know. He he was back up, back doing his job. Yep, back doing his job, attempting to meet with the techno majors. <laughs> yeah, which exactly? Yeah. Oh my God! Being Londo's aide seems like one of the worst jobs mm-hmm. on Babylon Five. This poor guy. <laughs> yeah, and he talks to that a little bit too in this episode. But in this episode, we see the introduction of the techno mages, which I think is a kind of a cool character archetype, for lack of a better word. These kind of yeah wizard types, but they acknowledge that they're not actual wizards they just are really good with technology so what did you think of the techno mages i mean okay the 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 concept has some cool ideas in it Mm -hmm. but overall i kind of just rolled my eyes at the techno mages (laughs) i'm not a big fan of the techno mages so first of all techno mage it's a very like we want to do fantasy but we're but we're in the sci-fi soup kind of (laughs) concept and it's like i don't hate it i just wish it i i wish it wasn't techno mages like bene Gesserit jedi Mm. those they're not they would be worse if they were if either one was called space magicians it would be worse (laughs) as a concept and so too with techno mages it's (laughs) like we get it it's magic, but not magic because that's fantasy. So it's sci-fi magic, but it's a little on the nose. And yeah, it's they were just a little, a little, a little extra. I don't know the collar, that big collar. <laughs> like they were just a little too funny to to carry the kind of like gravitas that I think they were going for. Mm-hmm. Well, he did say he was a wizard, and you shouldn't try the patience of wizards. He did say He's like, there's an old saying. You shouldn't try the patience. I'm like, that is not an old saying. <laughs> there's no old saying like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so basically the wizards were emigrating. They were, and, and what they told Sheridan when he interviewed them was, oh yeah, so there's a bunch of really bad nonsense coming down the pipe. Mm. And we just don't really want to be a part of it. So, okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually think I love as a story struct format. I don't know what to call it. Trope, tool. Yeah. That's awesome. What better way to foreshadow the bad stuff than to have some psychic uh, exile or, or not exiles uh, like refugees being like, oh, oh, that's really bad. OK, we're going to peace out now and like leave. I don't know. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was a really great way yeah. to sort of make <laughs> the the you know dark clouds on the horizon that much darker i thought it was really how can you make it seem even more ominous when there are powerful wizards that are leaving magical yeah totally totally and they even said like oh we don't want to be misused (laughs) right which yeah yeah i wish the psychic folks had some of that same introspective kind of uh (laughs) self-awareness but anyway yeah, I thought that was very effective. How I've read, a, I've read a lot of like fantasy, sci-fi, whatever, and I don't, I don't recall seeing that particular like, oh, there, there's some psychic portion of the population, and they're all leaving. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's bad. I thought that was, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good, pretty good, pretty, pretty clever. So we know something's coming, something's up. Yeah, because these guys are leaving. We don't know totally. what yet. Totally. But yeah, I think they could have te- Techno Mage. I wasn't in love with Techno Mage. I wasn't <laughs> in love with the the outfit. That collar was just it was comical. I thought the actor, that main dude, he would, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job as an actor. But oh boy, that was my dog. Sorry, y'all. You can you can cut this out, or people could just enjoy the sounds of my dog. <laughs> Well, see, the reason the collar is so big because it acts as an antenna for his computer, so he his, can his magic. Yeah, yeah, he can use the Wi-Fi to inject viruses onto your computer. Totally. So, also, what contributes to their lameness is the fact as we get closer to the ability to do a lot of the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, fine, you can't make a a, a a a sci-fi cave troll run at people, you know, right? Holographs. But you can imagine in the, in the relatively near future having something that made a phone call holograph or whatever could like mm-hmm. project your image to a different part of the floor. And now just think, how lame would it be if you like <laughs> set up your holograph to like, oh, someone's coming through my front door. I'll greet them from the balcony. But aha, I'm not on the balcony. <laughs> I'm in fact next to them. Oh, ho, ho. like how lame would that be? <laughs> If you were visiting your buddy or someone you were meeting for the first time, like uh, like in this case, and that's what they did, and you'd be like, "Oh, okay, we get it. We get. It. I don't know. I don't know. How lame would that be?" So, I don't know. It didn't impress me. It didn't impress me. <laughs> You've been spoiled by all the modern day technology. That's why. Well, you say that, but you know what? <laughs> Gandalf was a really effective wizard but really what did he do all he did was make some fireworks that's all he did well yeah and the fireworks were pretty mundane right there were there's, yeah you know so i don't know i think less is more when it comes to <laughs> wizards of all kinds once you start yeah. showing them have magic the, the implication of magic i think is more potent almost yeah because yeah. i think you're right in that 
once you actually start showing it, it, it opens itself up to criticism and critique. But if you're just in the person's imagination, much like you know the bad guy in a horror film or a slasher film, right. if you don't show them, they have that much more effect on people. Agreed. I think the same thing applies with magic here. I thought the viruses that the techno mages, the, the computer viruses he gave Londo, mm-hmm. I thought that was a very effective. Okay, yeah, techno mages can infect your vi- your computer with viruses. <laughs> that seems like a techno mage kind of thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked that, and it was sort of kind of spooky, <laughs> and it was kind of funny because they just made Londo buy shares in some uh, goofy stuff. I don't remember. I wish I wrote down. It was a spoo ranch. <laughs> a spoo ranch. Great. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Love that. 5,000 shares in a spoo ranch. <laughs> I guess Londo's poor now because <laughs> all his money is in, in, invested in that spoo ranch. Yeah. We'll see. He's about to be a politically a big deal. Maybe the fact that he invested in this will become like a meme stock <laughs> and he'll actually make a fortune. Yeah, he just bought the GameStop stock just before it spiked. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The spoof arm. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, this is not financial advice. <laughs> do not invest yeah. in spoof arms. If anything, do the opposite of whatever you hear on this podcast and you'll, and you'll be better off. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about my favorite part of this episode, though, which is Ivanova's diplomacy. <laughs> she gets promoted. Okay, yeah. And A... Who <laughs> wasn't he the commander? So he's a captain now. She's a lieutenant commander. Was it Commander Sinclair? Sinclair was just a commander. So, but they didn't need a captain. Now they need a captain. They need a, ca- they need a captain, right? Oh my god, the bureaucracy is always more top heavy. You know, <laughs> you know. Some good commentary always... on bureaucracy on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So now Ivanova's commander, and Sheridan's captain. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. And yeah, so Ivanova's first task is to broker a peace between two peoples whose culture is to murder each other. Right. And it's like very specifically about what cloth they wear. And I loved Ivanova being frustrated by this very Gordian knot of a diplomatic yeah. problem mm-hmm. but I, st- I still thought it was stupid <laughs> i still <laughs> thought it was kind of just a little much a little much for me mm. so why do you think that was it just the the problem was it a bit too simplistic or what were your thoughts around that i mean that bit at the end where ivanova puts on the cloth and they're like you know mm-hmm. it predates aliens and <laughs> we just haven't gotten around to updating the rules yeah that was i felt like a little lampshade like a little like nod to we know how silly this is yeah it was a pretty silly because it's just it's just ridiculous right but as an exercise of what's the most intractable diplomatic problem you can imagine Mm -hmm. two people who have no grievance they're like traditional culture whatever is to murder each other every (laughs) once in a while i think if anything this is kind of what it's like between two rival sets of sports fans. I think this is more what it's synonymous with than the actual political yeah, conflict. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And if we extrapolate the Drazi governmental system, 
you have to wonder how they got into space at all. If every five years they have spent an entire year just f- having a massive civil war on their planet, dude, where for they real, just battle it out. How for did they get to space? Real. I completely agree with with everything you're saying, and like, you know, just think of how complex logistical systems are, right? And like, how how much disruption losing even just the few percent of our workforce that COVID caused us to lose. You're telling me that killing half your population every hour long this was. Yeah. No. How, how would, how could you build anything? How could you, (laughs) how could you into space? Why are you doing it on the space station? That's what I couldn't figure out. I was just like, just put them in, you know, send them off. They don't have, why are they on the station to begin with? This is nobody's home planet. You have to get here deliberately. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are they here? Why are they killing each other specifically here? Well, they were killing each other all over the galaxy, apparently. It's just like, this is the time of year they do it. <laughs> it's, okay, I got you. There's just this diaspora right. of murdery dudes. Okay, right. I got you. I have to give props to the stuntmen, though, for doing all the, the fighting and all that jazzy makeup. must have been hard to breathe. You know, that's a great call that. out. I agree with that. Yeah, they were doing some big kicks in there and some roundhouses and what have you. And yeah, my my only note on all of that is a fan of us diplomacy generally carrying on cranky, which is a perfect (laughs) description of these green aliens. Yeah, and then WT actual F are these green and purple aliens, which yeah, (laughs) I stand by that. What the actual F are these green and purple aliens? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, everything about this episode was was kind of extra. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a silly episode. A little silly, a little silly. Yeah, yeah. I thought the, I thought the building sort of the ominous clouds of the future that was really effective. Mm-hmm. And I and I sort of wish the the space mate the techno mages had stood the test of time a little better because yeah. if they were a yeah. little more ominous and a little more gravitas, I think that would have been a really effective sort of delivery of that mm-hmm. of that trope or that whatever I don't, I don't know what to call it but yeah the ivanova like this one was obviously kind of just almost comedic right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so i yeah i thought this one was fine i don't know it was <laughs> it was it was better than the kung fu tournament one i suppose yeah yeah and you had some funny commentary about the bureaucracy and like you were saying how they just hadn't got the the rules passed through committee I know. yet i just love that i just love that yeah, that's a like, good line oh, man she puts it on and everyone stands at attention it's like that other dude was wearing it and y'all weren't standing at attention yeah yeah <laughs> you know what bugged me the most about this episode what really stuck in my craw is what, what a grinds bad, your gears what grind you know what grinds my gears the i think it's time for the airing of grievances eric okay all right let's do it a lot of problems with you people <laughs> now you're gonna hear about them no what what grinds my what ground my gears episode was how inept londo was at being a scoundrel <laughs> everything he did was in character he was so bad at it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. He put barely any thought into the, hey, I know these guys just approached me with a plot and that, you know, I need to sort of proceed delicately. But what if I got a photo op with what, you know, basically described it like, oh, having three wizards 
shake your hand or whatever uh right. is, you know is, is the sign of good an luck. emperor right, yeah. yeah imperial good luck to be specific mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't know he really rushed into that harebrained scheme and execute not not only planned it poorly but executed very poorly and it's like my boy my boy londo you should yeah, all right you should be failing at casino scams i suppose <laughs> but this is supposed to be the thing you're good at he was really yep. bad at it or i suppose the mages were kind of psychic in all in all the plot relevant ways <laughs> so <laughs> in that in that way he was there was an uphill battle but still you would think he'd be better about it if for nothing else than he supposedly had dealt with techno mages in the past but yeah his uh execution of the plot to try to get a photo up was pretty poor and he couldn't have been any more obvious about planting the camera <laughs> when he dropped his his glass off oh yeah totally well again our camera zoomed into it yeah but yeah and then his little line like you recorded our conversation that's <laughs> a pretty <laughs> low thing to do yeah and for the first time i was like of course he did of course he did right isn't yeah. this supposed to be again a diplomatic space station i guess maybe private quarters you wouldn't you wouldn't always expect to be mm-hmm. recorded but i probably would expect honestly <laughs> especially techno mages they, yeah. if they make a giant sci-fi cave troll run at you but again in the age of <laughs> cell phones it's like crazy to think like it's trivially easy to record anything all the time. Yeah, I mean it was easy a decade or two ago too. It just cameras are a little bit bigger. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you say that like it's nothing, but you know, I remember my dad hauling, <laughs> hauling those things around. They used to be heavy. The ones that you would carry on your shoulder. Oh yeah, it would take a VHS tape. Yeah, which <laughs> gives you just a sense of the scale. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Lando couldn't be more sus if he tried. He was he yep. was acting super sus. Yeah, I think that that covers it for the main plot points of the episode. So, what did you think of the episode overall? Overall, I mean, I thought this was a pretty a pretty middle of the pack episode. Mm-hmm. I thought it had some neat bits. You know, Garibaldi had a fun you know that fun bit saving Ivanova, mm-hmm. and Ivanova had mostly good clean fun with this diplomatic learning curve plot yeah but i thought the space mages were a little goofy and sort of undermined the role they were trying to play in the greater narrative which i thought was a pretty clever role yeah and like what would have been effective if they were a little if they were more effective Mm -hmm. what to say b b minus b Decent concept with the techno mages, poor execution, but yeah. decent concept there, and like the undertones of the message they were conveying or kind of the role they played in the episode. I really like the idea. Well, specifically, I love the idea of having a psychic portion of your population fleeing <laughs> before the bad thing happens, both because it seems like a totally reasonable, realistic thing that would happen if you had psychics. Mm-hmm. and because it really draws yeah. the dark clouds that much darker so that's that's it fun does. too you'd think more people would be trying to pay attention to when the psychic people all start running away you would think in a world with psychic people that would be a key indicator i would try to keep an eye on <laughs> 
in the news today, uh, local psychics are now departing in droves. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. like you go to, uh, you, you know, you go to the racetrack, you just ask people in the audience if anyone's psychic. If no one in that audience is psychic, I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't want to be at any event that doesn't have any psychic people in a world with yeah. actual psychic people. Well, the psychic people will be at the sports bookie uh, betting on all the events and stuff, I suppose. Oh, my God. That's true. You know, honestly, well, it so it would eliminate gambling uh, pretty much. <laughs> it would, yeah. Realistically, though, stock market-wise, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be crazy disruptive. Like, it really, it would just make price discovery more efficient. Mm-hmm. Stock market is nearly impossible to predict because there are so many factors involved with it. That's true, but if you're psychic... You like by definition can predict it. Uh, maybe who knows? <laughs> oh, oh, this is interesting. So many questions, questions within questions. Anyway, okay. Who was your favorite character this episode? I I was already considering it before you even asked, and I wanted to say Londo. I was so psyched to get an episode about Londo, <laughs> but he was pretty inept this episode, and not in like a comedic way, but in like a trying his best and just being pretty pretty mediocre <laughs> at it i don't know who was my favorite i think ivanova yeah i think most of the scenes i was smiling at were ivanova scenes mm-hmm. she had a great journey or you know great <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah being a diplomat in a situation where diplomacy was completely useless basically mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i think my favorite character was the the leader of the green Drazi. He had some fun lines in there and his exasperation trying to explain to Ivanova what was going on in the first meeting. Yeah. And then of course his line about the bureaucracy and the rules not going through. I mean, that, that, that was a laugh out loud moment for that me. That was re- Yeah. That was really funny. That's why I said, I mean, it was kind of a lampshade meeting, like yeah, basically yeah. pointing at the content <laughs> being like, look, we know, we know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was pretty good. I agree. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't remember what the ending line was, but I have a note that says lame ending line. So <laughs> I guess it was pretty lame. Yeah, Sheridan was just commenting on something about maybe seeing the Technomages again. It's pretty forgettable, to be honest. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. as the Technomages were leaving on their wonky asymmetrics spaceship that they were on. Oh. Yeah, so I would say they had some fun bits, some room for improvement. Pretty, yeah. pretty middle, middle of the pack episode as far middle of the pack as I'm episode. concerned. But yeah, thanks again for another podcast, Eric. Thanks for joining yeah, us, well, everyone. We're not going anywhere just yet. We still got oh Science my God. Corner, my friend. Oh my God. What are you How doing? could I forget? You forgot about Science Corner, my oh, friend. I forgot about yeah. Science Corner. You did. You did indeed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Talk us in. Oh my God! What character was he in uh, in Command and Conquer? He's some kind of Soviet. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Um. um oh. Um, I can't. Yeah. I can't think of the actor's name right now. What's his name? You should cut all this out, Eric. <laughs> For Science Corner, cut all this out. What's the? Uh... Doctor Frankenfooter? Is that who you're referring to? <laughs> um i'm trying to like remember here here. 
I'm looking it up. Tim you Curry. Can use, Tim Curry. You can use Google. Tim Curry. Yep. Oh Tim my Curry. lord. How could I? Yeah, anyway. I was going to really smoothly say, talk us in, Tim Curry. And it would be like, <laughs> wow, what a smooth podcast host that is. And yeah, then I just what? straight up could not remember. <laughs> could not remember his name. I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! All right. Well, uh, Tim Curry has uh, now talked us in to going into space, which is what we're going to be talking about yet again. So as many of you may be aware, the launch of the Artemis rocket was postponed, um, in part due to fueling issues, as well as Hurricane Ian. So our thoughts go out to all our friends down in the southeast that uh, went through that last weekend. Yes, um, yes. But it looks like they have rescheduled it for early November for the Artemis launch. So there's that. But there's also other cool news from NASA in that we actually shot an asteroid with a satellite. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did. The DART mission, yeah. which is the first mission of our whole building up a planetary defense network to defend us against asteroids and aliens that they're not, not telling you about, by the way. So we hit an asteroid with our planetary defense system. So go us. Go us. That's pretty impressive, actually. It is. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, way to go. That yeah, used the to whole be idea movies. with this. Yeah. I mean... They, what was it? Uh, the one with the Aerosmith guy and all that stuff. That was, that was all about. We sent Bruce Willis up there, guys. Yeah, we did. We, we sent, sent Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis to an asteroid. Yeah. By golly. <laughs> now we don't have to anymore. We just shoot it. And yeah, we're good. Exactly. Now we can save all our Bruce Willises <laughs> and send nice. What, what, did we, what did we shoot it with a satellite? <laughs> Some sort of satellite thing. <laughs> but basically the goal was not to destroy the asteroid, yeah, just, but was to redirect it. Right. Uh, with the impact. Add, add a little mass is really yeah. the idea. Like the impact redirects it a little bit, but by adding a tiny bit of mass, you change its orbit and mm-hmm. a tiny change is enough for it to not. Right. The idea is at least is enough for it to not hit us. Mm-hmm. And also... We had some very cool images of the surface of the asteroid right before the impact. <laughs> so they transmitted the images all the way up to the moment of impact, which is kind of cool. You can see it getting closer and closer, and then you know, it goes screen goes black. Yeah, I always love seeing pictures of asteroids because they're so freaking cool, but also like so underwhelming under, ultimately because you're like, oh, it really is mm-hmm. just a rock. Yeah. Like the closer you look at it, the more like a rock it looks. <laughs> it's just a big rock. But yeah. some of them, like you, it's hard to get a sense of scale with those pictures because some of them are truly absolutely massive. And if you actually could see, like have the, have the concept of the scale of it, they'd be pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Like some of those asteroids are, you know, the size of the Grand Canyon or something. I mean, the one that, killed the dinosaurs was was pretty large it put up it's like the size of texas i believe yeah i mean you see if you look at the yucatan peninsula down in mexico 
Uh, that's the impact crater from that, I think, if I recall correctly. That's that's uh, a yeah. I think that's a the leading theory. Yeah. So Which is also that. pretty pretty freaking cool that they were able to find this in hundreds of miles wide impact crater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that forms part of a small mountain range and part is partly underwater. Yeah. Cool stuff. Not cool only are stuff. you learning about space, but geology too. Love How it. About that. Love it. And by learn, you mean listen to someone recite fifteen-year-old knowledge, half remembered from a class. A physicist, by the way. Let me not remind a, you. Not, <laughs> not a physicist. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Also, don't take any uh, physicist advice from us either, by the way. No. That goes with financial advice, no. too. Nor used vacuum cleaner advice. All right. Exactly. We do have a financial interest, so <laughs> can't be trusted. Exactly. Very true. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. I love your science corners. Well, you keep forgetting about them, so I kind of question that, but we'll have a conversation about that. Well, later. it's because yeah, no, that's just me. It's cuz it's it's relatively late and I get up <laughs> very early and I'm hanging on by a thread. Yes, yes. Of course you are. <laughs> gonna, of course. I'm going to go to sleep as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> All right. Well, since we are approaching Andrew's bedtime, we yes. should go ahead and wrap up. Sleepy sleep. Quick production note, our next episode we will be watching is a distant star so keep an eye out for that in the next release um, and we will talk to you again soon can't wait and with that any last words andrew oh just a just a couple just a couple two three okay good eating to you a good eating to you too <laughs> <laughs>